Tagovailoa trying to make up for it. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Cologne looking for his first hit of the year. Oh. He drives one! Deep left field! That goes Upton! Back near the wall! It's out of here! <laughs> Bartolo has done it! There's only one word that comes to mind. Greatness. What is up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Red Shirt Podcast. The time has finally came. We have the NFL back, ready to go shortly. Uh, opening Thursday night game, we got the Chiefs, got the Texans. Should be a good one. And with the NFL beginning, obviously, becomes the NFL prediction. So today, I won't be joined by a guest, but... I will be giving my full-scale NFL season predictions. So, without further ado, I'll just kind of hop into it. Um, I'll start. I'll go division by division, record-wise, give a little bit of analysis. I'll go through my playoff picks, how I see that coming out, and then go over some league awards and such. So, I'll start it off with the AFC North. So, at the top of the AFC North, I have the Baltimore Ravens going 14-2 and to get the number one seed. I have the Pittsburgh Steelers um, in number two, going 9-7 and seven to clinch the sixth seed. I have the Browns sitting at 500, going 8-8. Eight and eight. And the Cincinnati Bengals in the cellar at 5-11. So, this Ravens team has the makings of a powerhouse. Um, if any team, if I had to say, if I had to pick a team to go 16-0, which I'm not, um, I'd definitely pick the Ravens. Um... I, I have them losing to the Eagles and Patriots. Those are the games I have them losing. But Lamar Jackson and, you know, the rest of the gang can tear them up because they're more than just Lamar Jackson. I think people are kind of ignorant to that. And even if Lamar Jackson isn't the same 2019 MVP form, as long as he's, you know, doing his thing, uh, this is a good team. Then, looking at one of the most storied franchises of all time, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're coming off a wacky 2019 season. Um, Much different than the usual Steelers brand of football we've seen lately in terms of their defense was incredible. Uh, Acquisition of Minka Fitzpatrick uh, started paying off immediately, but the offense, you know, struggled. This year, with Big Ben back at them, I mean, they almost made the... They almost made the playoffs with a combination of Duck Hodges and... Mason Rudolph, a quarterback. So with Big Ben back at the helm, I think Pittsburgh can sneak into the postseason. Um, yeah. Uh, for the Browns, obviously coming off a disappointing 2019, they won They won the preseason Super Bowl with all the hype that was going around them, but ultimately didn't live up to expectations. Um, they're a good team. Um, they are not a bad team by any means. Uh, their running backs are great. You got Kareem Hunt. You got... Um, Nick Chubb, wide receivers, you got a strong tandem of uh, Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham. I put uh, Odell Beckham, you know, second for uh, obvious reasons, given the most recent news. Um, And then they have great tight ends. They have a stable. They have, uh, it sounds like Njoku is going to be the number three. Then they have Hooper and then Harrison Bryant as well has been a standout um, through camp. And then defensively, I mean, they're not... They're not an incredible defensive team by any means, but Denzel Ward and Miles Garrett uh, are definitely, you know, stars, or at least in Ward's case, a star in the making. Not a bad defense. What holds the Browns back from the playoffs for me is Baker Mayfield. I just, 
I'm not a Baker believer, I think. He had a solid rookie year, but he did not look good last year. And it's to the point where you can't you can't call it a weapon thing because they've built a great offense around him. And just frankly, I don't I don't love Baker Mayfield. I could easily see him proving me wrong. But as it stands, I have the Browns at eight and eight with their quarterback, Baker Mayfield, holding them back. Um and then to end it off, Cincinnati Bengals. Um, obviously Joe Burrow, great ad. Um, you know, typically kind of, you know, that was a hard first overall pick to mess up. He was the obvious choice, but none of the other additions really excite me. They threw around some money in free agency, but nothing, I don't know, no one, no key impact players I really like. Um, the offense definitely has some promise. Um, Joe Burrow, you got Joe Mixon, who is one of the, who is criminally underrated as a running back, even with a bad offensive line. If you can get a healthy year from A.J. Green, which, I mean, that's always an if, um, the offense could do a little something, but ultimately the shaky offensive line and a mediocre defense, uh, I have the Bengals at 5-11, and 11, so that's the AFC North, AFC South. Um, winning the AFC South at 10-6, and six, uh, Tennessee Titans, that'll clinch in the three seed, right behind him, just missing out on the playoffs, the Indianapolis Colts, um, 8-8, eight and eight, also just barely missing out on the playoffs, or, I, I suppose I just said that, <laughs> Houston Texans at 6-10, and 10, and the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, which I believe this would get them the number one pick, sitting at 2-14, and 14. so... We uh, Let's look at the Titans. Uh, so following a breakout year from Derrick Henry, um, which culminated into an AFC championship berth, Titans, I, I think they're the clear favorite to win the South. Um, Henry might not be able to put up exactly the same monstrous numbers as last season, but there's no question that Derrick Henry is still going to be a force to, rec- force to be reckoned with. And then you add Jadeveon Clowney. This is a balanced team that's very solid on both sides of the ball. Um, and do I, do I necessarily think they make a deep postseason run? Well, I mean, you'll find out, but they, they're definitely my pick for the AFC South, followed by them, it's the Indianapolis Colts, who, prior to the shocking Andrew Luck retirement, the Colts were actually my Super Bowl pick for last year, um, you know, obviously, Andrew Luck retiring kind of threw a wrench in that, but they still had a very solid season last year they had Jacoby Brissett as the primary quarterback and they were still able to get seven wins this year you under Philip Rivers who you know he'll throw for a lot of yards but he's gonna throw a lot of interceptions um you know you know you know what you get from Phil uh Jonathan Taylor Michael Pittman I really like those guys as rookies you add DeForest Buckner uh this this is a good Colts team um I just I have them barely falling short on the playoffs. I think there are just a couple of teams I like more, and Phil Phil might be an upgrade, but I don't know. He doesn't he doesn't put him over the edge for me. Um, then we got the Texans, and let me see. The Texans have they have they have Deshaun Watson, and uh, let's see, not not a lot more. Um, I love what Watson offers at quarterback. But he has such subpar weapons, and the defense isn't... I don't find the defense to be anything too special, especially when J.J. Watt is sidelined with injuries. Um, And I've never been a fan, personally, of Deshaun Watson. Of course, we're all tied. But I am genuinely sorry that he has to deal with Bill O'Brien's incompetence, both as a coach and as a general manager. It's 
It's unfortunate. Although, he did just get paid. Um, then in the gutter, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'll keep it very, very simple. I love Gardner Minshew, especially his mustache and his jean shorts. But this team is talent efficient with awful coaching. So, you know, poor poor Gardner, man. That's all, that's all you can say. Keep the Minshew mania alive, man. Uh, AFC East, the home of my beloved New York Jets. They won't be at the top, though. That'll be the Buffalo Bills. Uh leading the division at 9 and 7 which will clinch them a 4 seed, the New England Patriots at 8 and 8 but grabbing the 7 seed via tiebreaker. Um the New York Jets at 6 and 10 and the Miami Dolphins tied for last with the Jets at 6 and 10. So, I'm an outspoken hater of the Bills. I specifically Josh Allen. I do not like the Bills. I do not like Josh Allen, but to me they feel like the obvious pick to win the AFC East. Um, given how well they did last year, um, and looking at some of their additions, that, such as Stefan Diggs. Um, and look, Josh Allen is incredibly overrated quarterback, but Devin Singletary is a solid running back. They got a solid group of running backs, and they have a stable of capable wide receivers, especially when you add in Stefan Diggs. So, and really, all Buffalo needs from their offense is some form of competence, because their defense was elite last season. You got Tredavious White, who he's now paid and happy. He's going to be a cor- the cornerstone of that Bills defense, and I expect them to have a top-level unit once again. Then the New England Patriots, which, I mean, I guess it's fair to say that it's never wrong to bet on the Patriots to win the East, um, and it seems like they've dominated the East forever. Sorry, had to cut it in, had uh, something come up for a second, but back to the New England Patriots. Um, not a bat. You know, they've dominated the AFC East. Forever, and I don't have them winning the division title, but there's no chance that I'm betting against Bill Belichick making the playoffs. So it's narrow, but I do have them making the playoffs. The team doesn't look like a juggernaut by any means, but I'm not I'm not betting against Belichick as well as I mean, uh, when you throw in McDaniel's, um, they're trying to bring back that Superman Cam to life. Do I know if he's gonna be that MVP form? Probably not, but uh, I mean, hard not to do well in that Patriot system. Then you got my New York Jets, and it took me a while to come to this conclusion, but New York Jets aren't Super Bowl bound this year. You know, next year and the year after that, rest of the decade, sure. But when you look at it, with a competent coach and a little better injury luck, the Jets would have been in the thick of the playoff hunt last year. I mean, they felt like the Jets did a lot worse than they did, but they they weren't miserable last year, but... I keep saying, but unfortunately, the Jets have Adam Gase, and they've now lost their two best defenders, Jamal Adams, who was traded to Seattle, and C.J. Mosley, who uh, opted out due to COVID for the season, and I guess beyond for Jamal Adams, at least. Sam Darnold is a much better quarterback than he's given credit for. He's just been surrounded by mediocrity. It's as simple as that. So expect Sam to take a step forward in 2020, but don't expect the Jets to make any form of noise. Then in the not so great of state in the not so great state of Florida, the Miami Dolphins are still pretty far from contention. Future is undoubtedly bright with Tua Tagovailoa at quarterback, but offensive line is porous, and outside of the cornerbacks, the defense isn't great either. Again, the future is definitely bright with Tua Tagovailoa, but the Finns aren't there yet. Last in the AFC got the AFC West. Uh. Winning the division, not maybe a big shocker. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs going 13-3. and 
to clinch the two seed. Denver Broncos um, coming in at nine and seven to get the five seed. Um, Los Angeles Chargers ugh, uh, coming in at five and eleven with the Las Vegas Raiders also coming in at five and eleven. That felt weird. Las Vegas Raiders. Those are it should be the San Diego Chargers as well as the Oakland Raiders, but. I digress. Um, the defending champs, they're winning the AFC West. I will guarantee it. Um, the high-octane offense added stud running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire from LSU and didn't lose a single core member, really. Um, defense isn't top tier by any means, but it's a serviceable group. It's not, you know, it's not, po- it's not towards the poverty end of the NFL as a whole. Um, and really, as long as Patrick Mahomes is taking the snaps, the Chiefs are going to be in, be in a position to succeed. In second, Denver Broncos. They did just lose star pass rusher Von Miller for the season, but I'm still going to cling to my initial prediction. Um, I'm not really sure if I'm necessarily sold on Drew Locke, but I'm definitely sold on his weapons. You got Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Noah Fant. Holy cow. That's, uh, that's deep. And Justin Simmons defensively has quietly become one of the better safeties in football. And while, I mean, obviously the loss of Von Miller stings, but I think the defense is still plenty good enough to get the Broncos to the playoffs. Let me make this clear. I have a deep personal vendetta against the Chargers. But I did my best here. Wait, one second. Let me... Yeah, deep personal vendetta. Sorry, I was editing that for the article. There will be an article to come up with it as well. But I, I did my best to put that aside for these predictions. Give the Chargers at least an average quarterback, and they're a competitor. Keenan Allen is as consistent as they come. Austin Eckler is coming off a breakout season. Hunter Henry seems healthy. The pieces are there offensively. Defensively, the Chargers are absolutely stacked. I mean, one of the best defenses in all of football, at least on paper. But despite losing Derwin, that, that does hurt. But, I mean, it's the QB play that drags them closer to the bottom than the top. Tyrod Taylor is a bad quarterback. He's not a starting caliber quarterback. And then even if Justin Herbert eventually takes over this season, I don't I, I don't think Herbert fares much better. I'm not high on Justin Herbert. So that, you know, mediocrity or, you know, below mediocrity um play at quarterback holds the Los Angeles Chargers to five and eleven. Could I see them? Could I see them doing a little better? Maybe, but I think the upside's limited with the guys at quarterback. Um, for the Las Vegas Raiders, I feel like I, I like them a little better than the record I gave them. I'm indifferent on Derek Carr. I think he's fine. I don't I don't think he's I don't know, he, he's fine. He's not incredible, but he's not trash. Um it's Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller that really excite me on the offense. Wide receiver core is gonna be young. Um Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, um, I I think Tyrell Williams has been battling some injuries. I'm not sure the status on him, but those are probably... I like Brian Edwards a lot, um, along with Henry Ruggs, the two rookies. Defense isn't the typical Raiders defense where it's absolutely, like, awful, 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 but it's not really good. Uh, Max Crosby had a crazy 2019, and I like, I like the addition of Corey Littleton, but the secondary is really subpar. And I could see Vegas finishing closer to eight or nine wins, but... Kind of as a result of my confidence in the Broncos and the uncertainty that comes with Gruden and the gang, uh, leave the Raiders at 5-11. and 11. So that's the AFC. 
And then, sorry if my, my refrigerator is going a little loud. But um, moving to the NFC, starting in the North, the North champions, I believe. Actually, I'm not even going to say that because I don't think it's true. But the winners of the NFC North, uh, Minnesota Vikings at 10-6, and 6, which will get them the three seed. Behind them, the Green Bay Packers at 9-7. and 7. The Detroit Lions at 8-8, eight and, eight, and the Chicago Bears at 6-10. and 10. So, looking at it, the Minnesota Vikings, to me, have no massive holes on their roster. You can debate whether Kirk Cousins is a star or a bum. By the way, he's somewhere in the middle. But it doesn't matter if Dalvin Cook is healthy and happy, because I forecast an incredible season for Dalvin Cook, you know, battling for the rushing title. Losing Stephon Diggs is unfortunate, but I think Justin Jefferson can definitely uh, become a solid Target for Captain Kirk. Daniel Hunter is going to miss the beginning of the season, but the defense is still full of goons. Maybe not. I don't know if they're quite the purple people eaters, but um, they have elite pass rush when Hunter's healthy, elite linebackers, elite safeties, and that's pretty darn good. Cornerbacks are a bit underwhelming, but you not every position is going to be incredible, and I like the overall core of the defense. Um, adding in Yannick Ngakwe is awesome. That was, a, that was a terrific ad. They didn't have to pay a premium price for him. I, I'm a big fan of the Vikings to win the NFC North. Behind them, I have the Green Bay Packers. Uh, seem destined for some form of regression from their 13-3 season last year. Um, Aaron Rodgers is still a good QB, but he has, I mean, he has very limited throwing options outside of Devontae Adams. Aaron Jones should have a solid season, but this doesn't overall look like one of the league's better offenses. The defense remains a good unit, but I'm not sure how dominant they'll be in 2020. Um, and as a whole, regression seems inevitable for the Packers. Um, and I have them regressing down to 9-7, and seven, which isn't bad by any means, but given how competitive I see the NFC being, uh, won't quite be enough to hit the playoffs. Then we have the Detroit Lions, which their roster isn't half bad. Um, Matthew Stafford, terrific quarterback when he's healthy. I'm a... Big Matt Stafford believer. And he should have his choice choice of great targets to throw to. You got Kenny Galladay, who led football in receiving touchdowns last year. Marvin John Marvin not Marvin Johnson. Marvin Jones. You got second year tight end TJ Hawkinson looking for a breakout. You got the trio in the backfield of Carry on Johnson, DeAndre Swift, and the ageless Adrian Peterson. Went from tearing up the Detroit Lions with Minnesota to now being a part of the Motown men. Uh, to, I mean, to make up the core of the offense in Detroit. Uh, defense, they got their cornerstone in Jeff Okuda, but I, Matt Patricia's attempt to recreate the New England defense hasn't come to fruition so far. Um, overall, you see guys try to take... You see um, coaches from the Belichick tree try to recreate that New England offense wherever they land with some of those guys. It, it just it doesn't work. I don't, I don't see it with... The Lions' defense, I don't care for Patricia much as a coach overall either. Um, but they're definitely a sleeper. I think the Lions are definitely a sleeper. I have them at 8-8. Eight eight. Um, watch for the Lions. They're a Detroit team, but I, I, I don't think they're half bad. Looking in at, at the bottom, we have the Chicago Bears. And it, it seems like it goes forever ago that the Bears went 12-4, and four and they seem poised to be a big threat in the NFC for a good amount of time, but... There's a really need to go over the defense. It's a super good unit. You got Khalil Mack terrorizing opposing offenses. It's all of this boils down to the anemic Bears offense. 
The running back duo of David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen isn't bad, but the receivers and offensive linemen are very bad. Then, of course, there's Mitch Trubinsky, who I don't, he, I don't think he's a starting caliber quarterback, plain and simple. He is, he is not good to me. He can prove me wrong, but I don't see it happening. And then even with Nick Foles starting, I, I just I do not see Chicago succeeding in 2020. Um, I don't understand the whole... I don't understand trading for Foles. I, I don't know what's up with the Chicago Bears. I do know... Um, well, I, I know I think that the Bears will not be successful um, in this 2020 season. Uh, down to the NFC South, which I'm actually... I've been kind of going back and forth in terms of writing out um, writing out my predictions to put into uh, an article as well as to use it for the podcast. So I haven't quite written down all of these notes with uh, the rest of the NFC, but leading uh, the NFC South, the New Orleans Saints at 12-4, and that'll get them the 2 seed, uh, followed by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 10-6, and um, capturing the 7 seed, Atlanta Falcons at nine and seven, and the Carolina Panthers at three and thirteen. So, the Saints—they've long had one of the most talented rosters in football, but they—they they haven't been able to take it to the next level in the playoffs. I think it's—you throw Tom Brady and the Buccaneers in their division, uh, it'll you know, it'll make it—it it might make it a little more interesting. But I still think ultimately the Saints are the best team in the division. Um. Uh, Drew Brees, we've seen a little regression. He's still a very good quarterback with arguably the best wide receiver in football, Michael Thomas. I don't care if he, people can make their jokes about slants. He's He's been incredible. You can't guard Mike. Um, defense, I mean, it's it's up there. They didn't get clowny, but Saints, 12-4, and four, I'm here for it. Buccaneers have it, 10-6. and six. I don't think... It, it's clear they improved, um, adding in... Tom Brady, Leonard Fournette, uh, you got Gronk. It's, I, I think, I, I do think that the Buccaneers are a playoff caliber team. I don't think they're going to be the juggernaut. But Tom Brady, don't like the guy. He's not, I don't think he's elite anymore, but he's he's a darn good quarterback in a, in a pass-happy system ran by Bruce Arians. That'll, you know, create results. They have an elite wide receiver core. Off the top of my head, probably the best in football. Um, well, I, I I don't know if that's exactly true, but the tandem of Chris Godwin coming off a breakout year and Mike Evans, one of the most unguardable receivers in all of football, it, it's it's a great offense. I don't know exactly what we're going to get from Gronk, but having, I mean, Gronk and OJ are both great tight end options. Defensively, you got Devin White. Um, you got Shaquille Barrett coming off um, a big sack year. Um, there's a lot to like about this Buccaneers team, so I have them at 10-6. and six. Barely gets them, them to the playoffs with the 7th seed. It does, though. Then you have the Atlanta Falcons at 9-7, and seven, just missing out. It's, it's been a weird couple years for this team. They're not too far removed from, you know, being up 28-3 in the Super Bowl, but it, they've, they've been up and down these last couple years. I have them at 9-7 and seven because I do really like them, and I think you throw them in another division, I think they can make the playoffs. It's just the NFC South... Um, with the Saints and Buccaneers, I think they play third fiddle. I like Matt Ryan. I think Matt Ryan is a very solid quarterback. Um, and, and it's all about the wide receivers. It's about the weapons. They added Todd Gurley. I don't know exactly what's left in the tank, but uh, solid running back. You know, maybe maybe not the star running back, but definitely a solid running back. 
got the wide receivers. You got Julio Jones. If you're not saying it's Michael Thomas, you probably are saying it's Julio Jones. Maybe DeAndre Hopkins, that's the best wide receiver in football. Um, then you got Calvin Ridley, another former Alabama Crimson Tide. He's, I think he's one of the clearest guys that's poised for a breakout season this year. Um, they add in former first-rounder Hayden Hurst. I like the offense. The defense, it, it doesn't, it's not incredible. Um, you got, what, you got a Keanu Neal. I didn't. I didn't really care for the draft picks either. I, I didn't. I don't. I don't love the defense entirely, but I. I really like the Atlanta Falcons offense. I think they're gonna have a high-powered offense for the season. Um, nine and seven, just missing out. Carolina Panthers. It, it's tough. They this offseason they lost their franchise quarterback, um, and they lost ultimately. I and then they're the face of the defense. You can argue which was really the face of the franchise. Um, and Luke Keekley, um, one of the best middle linebackers to do it um, over the last couple years. So there's not there's not a lot of talent on this Carolina Panthers team. I like Matt Rule. I like getting in Joe Brady, but Teddy Bridgewater, he, he I mean I guess he, he's I'd say he's starting caliber, but he's not he's not gonna do much for your offense. I don't think he's gonna thread the needle um, and really put push an offense forward. He doesn't have a lot of weapons. Um, you obviously have CMC. Um, CMC's going to do his thing. Actually, I, you know, I, he, I, I bite my tongue. I, that was premature. He has his weapons. He has Christian McCaffrey. He has DJ Moore. Um, they added Robbie Anderson. He's a bit of a one-trick pony. It's just the, off- the offensive line doesn't do much, and the defense is just awful. There, there's no other way to put it. They lost the leader of that defense, Luke Keekley, to a defense that already wasn't that spectacular. So Carolina Panthers, not a lot this year. Teddy Bridgewater, um, isn't it? Um, I, I, I like Teddy Bridgewater. I'm glad he's been able to come back. He's not going to be leading um, a team to much success as the starting quarterback. So 3-13 and for the Carolina Panthers. Um, NFC East. I have the Dallas Cowboys. I went flip-flop on this. I have the Dallas Cowboys winning the division at 9-7 and seven to get the fourth seed, followed by the Philadelphia Eagles at 8-8, eight and eight, the New York Giants at 4-12, and 12, and the Washington football team at 3-13. and 13. Um, NFC East, I, I don't know how I feel. I, I kept going back and forth and back and forth with the Cowboys and Eagles, and I ultimately had the Cowboys um, winning the division. Because I love, I, I I like their offense a little bit better than I like Philadelphia. I like I, I like Wentz more than Dak, but Dak we know is going to be healthy. And then you got the trio of Dak, Ezekiel Elliott, and Amari Cooper. You still have Michael Gallup at receiver. You throw in C. D. Lamb. That's that that's some N. W. O. That's not you know this ain't Ole Miss, but that those are some nasty wideouts. Um, defense, they lost Byron Jones. It's not, it's not a stellar defensive unit. I like, uh, Jalen Smith. I like Leighton Vander Esch. Um, I, I just, the Dallas Cowboys do a little bit more for me than the Eagles, who have not a bad team. I just, <sighs> Carson Wentz is healthy. If you're, t- if you're guaranteeing me Carson Wentz, 16 games, maybe excuse my prediction, but if I'm not guaranteed 16 games of Carson Wentz, I don't know how I feel about this Eagles team. Because 
Running backs aren't bad. Miles Sanders, um, Corey Clement, as well as receivers. Um, they drafted Jalen Rager, speedy guy from TCU. Um, Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey. They got some burners. Um, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, good tight ends. But you got, you still got, I believe they still have Fletcher Cox, yeah? Um, traded for Darius Slay. This team just, I don't, Cowboys just do a little more for me. I could see it going either way, but I do, I, I, I don't know. It, this was easily my hardest decision, but I just like the Cowboys a little more. For the Giants, not not a good team. Daniel Jones is not a good quarterback. Um, don't 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 care for him at all. Running back wise, you got Saquon Barkley. There's only so much a running back is going to be able to do to influence the outcome um, of games for a team, at least uh, in a general sense. Receivers, you got what? You got Darius Slayton. Darius Slayton and Evan Ingram, probably those two top guys. Throwing Sterling Shepard as well, I suppose. Um, offensive line still isn't anything great. Defensively, I mean, nothing really does it for me. They have, they were forced into overpaying Leonard Williams. That was awful. They, I mean, Leonard Williams was mediocre. I'm, fo- I'm hopping on the Jets guy, but Giants aren't a good team. Four and twelve. Washington football team, super dysfunctional. Um. Not a Dwayne Haskins fan. Um, I don't know. Just never did it for me. I think he was mainly a product of Ohio State and their high-powered offense and coaching. Uh, running back-wise, they have, I mean, what? They cut AP, so it's going to be J.D. McKissick as well as, um, what, they have Antonio They have Antonio Gibson. So not, not much there. Wide receiver, they have Scary Terry, Terry McLaurin. I don't know if there's much after that. Um, offensive line, nothing special. Defensively, they have some talent. They have what they have. They have. I mean, it's the it's all Alabama defensemen. I'm thinking about it. They have some Ryan Kerrigan. They have Landon Collins. They have the the defense. I don't think the defense is going to be awful. But overall, it it's just a dysfunctional organization. With a mediocre team, three and thirteen, I just can't see much success for Washington, um, the Washington, whatever you care to call them. Um, NFC West. So we're on our last division. We'll see. I think all of these are very hard, especially this NFC. I feel like the AFC um, division-wise, I think there's more of a clear picture to me. NFC was a lot harder, in my opinion. And the NFC West. Um, I don't know if many people have them winning the division, let alone doing this well, but I have the Arizona Cardinals taking 13 of 16, 13 and 3, to be the number one seed in the entire NFC. Following them, I have the San Francisco 49ers, 11 and 5, to get the number five seed. The Seattle Seahawks, um, 11 and 5, to get the sixth seed. And then the Los Angeles Rams with a record of 7 and 9. Don't see that typically as the last place team, but you do here. The Arizona Cardinals, I'm very high on. I am incredibly high on Kyler Murray. You'll see just how incredibly high I am on on Kyler Murray as um, the podcast progresses. But I just I love everything about the Arizona Cardinals. Um, they add DeAndre Hopkins. They they're gonna have Kenyon Drake um, for the entirety of the year. I 
I the offense does the offense I'm a fan of for sure. Um, Christian Kirk, um, as well as Larry Fitzgerald. It's just it's exciting. I'm excited to see what happens to Arizona offensively. The offensive line is incredible, but Kyler Murray has that mobility, that dual threat um, option. It'll be fun to see defensively. You got you got Chandler Jones. Really, really like Chandler Jones as well. You still got Pat Pete. You have one of the best rookies of this class in Isaiah Simmons. You can plug and play him anywhere, um, whether they play him outside linebacker, inside linebacker, safety. If they want to play him at, at you know all eleven spots, Isaiah Simmons is a freak of nature. Big Isaiah Simmons fan. And if you haven't been able to gather from everything I've said thus far. Big Arizona Cardinals fan. I think I, I think they can make some legitimate noise in the NFC. Following them, uh, the reigning representative um, for the NFC in the Super Bowl, San Francisco 49ers at 11-5. I, I think the 49ers are going to be very good again. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's, a, he's an average quarterback. I, I think we're to the point where we're aware of that. But you throw him in that Kyle Shanahan offense... You got that group of running backs, you know. You got Raheem Mostert leading that group of running backs. They're going to be able to pound the ball pretty well. And then when they need to throw it, they have guys that fit the Shanahan system. Um, I I think the addition of Brandon Ayuk, I'm a massive fan. Um, Not just because I'm from Arizona State, or from, not just because I'm an Arizona State fan, but I think the guy just fits Shanahan's system so perfectly. Um... And then, I mean, how can you not talk about George Kittle when you're talking about football in general, specifically, obviously, if you're talking about the San Francisco 49ers. The guy's a freak of nature. I, I, t- the best tight end in football, in my opinion. Um, he can do whatever you want. Has the hands. Uh, is strong. You can use, He's an incredible pass catcher, an incredible blocker. Um, the all-around package. Uh, so, th- them being in second, I mean, you can tell by the record... It's not because I I think they're bad. It's just I I love the Arizona Cardinals so very much. Then you got the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson, you know what you're getting from him. One of the best quarterbacks out there. Uh, He's going to keep doing his thing. Running back-wise, Chris Carson, Rashad Penny. You know, they don't have any guys that really make it ooh and ah. But solid running backs. By receiver-wise, expect a big year from DK Metcalf. I'm very excited to see what he'll do. Tyler Lockett. Um, Josh Gordon, maybe. We'll see. I mean, we never know the status of Josh Gordon. Maybe a Josh Gordon. But offense, offense I like. They've always been, they've always done defense well in Seattle. You throw in Jamal Adams to that equation. This is a very, a very good overall team. That I mean, you don't you don't want to play the Seattle Seahawks, um, whoever well, you'll you'll see them as coming in as the sixth seed. That is that is definitely bad news for the NFC. Then lastly, the Rams. I don't I don't really care for the Rams. Seven and nine's just I had them here, which is kind of remarkable for this division uh, entirely. But I I say this more so as a result of my trust in Sean McVay. I don't, I don't like Jared Goff. Jared Goff isn't anything special. The running back room, it, you lose Todd Gurley, so you think it's not incredible. Um, but you, you have Cam Akers, 
you have Daryl Henderson. Those are some shifty guys that I could see having good years with Kyle. Uh, Kyle I was about to say Kyle McVay. Sean McVay. And then receiver-wise, they have some solid guys. Um, you have Robert Woods. Cooper Cup, when he's been healthy, is awesome. Just needs to stay healthy. Defensively, Aaron Donald, he's a stud. But you got Jalen Ramsey as well. But I just don't think this team quite has what it takes in a loaded NFC West to make any significant noise. 7-9, I think I just I trust Sean McVay that they'll be able to outperform what I necessarily see on paper, which I don't I, I think is a, a mediocre team. Oh, let me let me drink some water. Drink some water. Eat some of my fried chicken. This uh, episode of the Red Shirt Podcast is sponsored by Hydro Flask and Ralph's Chicken. Uh, uh, all jokes, of course. Um, so we'll start off with the wild card round. In the AFC, I have the number five seed Broncos taking down the number four seed Bills. I have the number three seed Titans taking down the six seed Steelers. Um, the two seed Chiefs taking down the seven seed Patriots. Then in the NFC, I have the five seed 49ers taking down the four seed Cowboys. The six seed Seahawks taking down the three seed Vikings. And the two seed Saints taking down the seven seed Buccaneers. So quick run through. Um, Drew Locke and his uh, core of the offense. A big game for Jerry, Judy, Noah Fant. Um, Bill's defense, it's stingy. The Broncos' offense is able to get just enough done to take down the Bills. Um, they'll, they'll actually they'll have to go to Buffalo. It's going to be a tough trip. But give me Drew Locke and his weapons to pull out a close one, low scoring. Titans over Steelers, I like... I just like the Titans overall better. Um, Steelers have that good defense. I like, I really like the, um, I like the Titans offense. I think it's a lot more, I can't even, I like Derrick Henry. I, I just, I, Derrick Henry is a big tipping point. Um, and with Henry comes Tannehill's ability off the play action. That's what we saw um, with Tennessee being successful this past postseason. I like I like what Derrick Henry brings to the table, whether he be running it or he's on that play action. And then the Steelers' offense is going to be improved from last year, but I don't think by any means it's going to be unstoppable. I think um, the defense of Tennessee can be able to limit them. I And with the Steelers, they don't have that home field advantage. You know, they're not going to have to – Tennessee's not going to have to go into the sea of terrible towels. I, I'm, I'm taking the Titans here. Chiefs over Patriots. The Chiefs are just the much more talented team. Um, it's gonna be. It's definitely not ideal to have to play the Patriots first round. It's never ideal to play the Patriots ever. But the Chiefs are just so. They're they're the vastly superior team. I don't see the Patriots putting up a significant fight. NFC 49ers over Cowboys. Uh, 49ers just that that they they face a strong offense, but they have a plenty strong defense. To the point where I'm not, I'm not super concerned about Zeke running all over the field or Dak dotting it up to Amari Cooper. And then with that ground and pound physical style of offense, you throw a couple balls up to George Kittle. I like the 49ers over the Cowboys um, at Jerry's World. 
Seahawks over Vikings. This is what I was saying. Vikings get rhymed of the deal. They have to face the Seahawks. Uh, the Seahawks being a wild card team. I have the Seahawks. I just Russell Wilson in the in the playoffs with a scary defense. I like it. The Vikings are a good team, but Dalvin Cook can be neutralized with that strong defense. That's what I see happening. Dalvin Cook coming off a great year gets neutralized, and Kirk can't do enough against um, the Seahawks defense. And Saints over Buccaneers. I just, I see, I think the Saints are the better team. Um, Tom Brady just was, I, I think the regression will show. I don't think he's going to be able to take over the game quite like he sometimes is able to. So give me the Saints in that one. Moving on to the divisional round. Number two seed Chiefs over the number three seed Titans. Number one seed Ravens over the number five seed Broncos. Number two seed Saints over the number five seed 49ers. And the number six seed Seahawks over the number one seed Cardinals. So going over, Chiefs over Titans. Chiefs Chiefs offense is going to be able to blow the Titans defense away. Titans offense is solid, but I don't think they have the form of star power and quick score ability that the Chiefs do to pace them. So give me the Chiefs. Ravens over Broncos. Um, the Ravens' offense um, is going to get it done against Denver. Denver doesn't ha- Denver isn't equipped to stop a guy like Lamar Jackson. And you throw in that stable of running backs. You got Mark in- Ingram. Um, got rookie J.K. Dobbins as well. Good wide receiver core. It's ultimately, um, it's a hard offense to stop the Ravens. And I don't think the Broncos are going to get it quite done. I think Drew Locke will have... A tough game against a veteran Ravens defense, one of the better defenses in football. Uh, Ravens for me. On the flip side in the NFC, Saints over 49ers. 49ers play that tough physical game, but give me a couple big play touchdowns from, you know, a combination of Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, and Michael Thomas. I just, I love what that Saints offense can do with that quick strike ability. I, I don't know if the 49ers can do it. Similar to the Chiefs and Titans. Um, it's going to be hard to stop George Kittle. But if the Saints are ahead, put the 49ers in a tough spot. Make Jimmy Garoppolo make throws late in the game. I like, I like the Saints moving on. And the Seahawks got in there in that number six seed, taking down the number one Cardinals. Seahawks are built for the playoffs. Russell Wilson with a strong, strong cast. With a solid defense, that is the makeup of a championship team. Will they make it all the way there? Well, you got to tune in for the next couple minutes. But I, I just I think they're more equipped for the playoffs than a, than a Cardinals team with Kyler Murray, who I, I keep saying it. I love Kyler Murray. But I think he has a bit of an aha moment, a little uh, welcome to the league kind of thing. Uh, obviously, second year, but welcome to the playoffs um, against Pete Carroll and that fearless... Defense in Seattle. No, it won't be. We won't get to fit. It won't be with the Legion of Boom behind them. But I, I like the Seahawks, man. Then from there, we move on to the championship round. Chiefs and Ravens, Saints and Seahawks. I suppose the way I said that shows who I'm taking. I have the Chiefs, number two seed, over the Ravens, number one seed. And the Saints, number two seed, over the Seahawks, number six seed. Chiefs and Ravens, that's going to be a fun, fun, fun game. But what's going to keep the Chiefs going 
is that magical, magical offense. I think the Ravens ha- clearly have the better defense, but if the Chiefs keep scoring, if you can't stop them scoring, it, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, Patrick Mahomes makes some big, big plays. You got to watch out for the X-Factor, Clyde Edwards-Hilar. I think he, he has a big game to send the Chiefs to uh, the wild, or to wild card, the Super Bowl. Um, just hard to bet against this Chiefs team with how dominant they looked um, late, last, late last year with Andy Reid as the coach. Do I think the defense is going to entirely be able to neutralize Lamar Jackson? Not necessarily, but I think they get enough done um, to knock off the birds. Speaking of the other birds, uh, Seahawks. They've been the sixth seed. They've gotten all the way to the championship round, but their run ends at the hands of the Saints playing in the great state of Louisiana. Um, I, give me some Drew Brees magic. Um, defense is going to be able to... You got Marshawn Lattimore. I think they're going to take out DK Metcalf of the equation. Um, and Ru- I don't see Russ necessarily playing a bad game, but I think... I don't, I don't necessarily see him taking over the game, which favors to the Saints, where I think they have a stronger run game. Um... Drew Brees, and Drew Brees is going to get it done. I like Drew Brees and Michael Thomas. Um, in those big games, again, say what you want about Michael Thomas running slants. He, 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 is the guy, he is the wide receiver you want in games like this. He is so dependable. And, and that's honestly one of the keys. Uh, I don't Because I don't think he can be taken out of the equation. I don't think it matters what cornerback he's going against. I don't. And let alone the Seahawks. I don't see a Seahawks cornerback that can shut him down. They can't guard Mike. And that'll send the Saints to the Super Bowl. For the Super Bowl, let me take a quick sip of water. We have the Super Bowl. We have the Saints, the Chiefs. The Chiefs, the Saints. Chiefs looking to repeat. Saints trying to get one. Don't know how much longer they'll have with Drew Brees. And this is tough. This is tough, but I'm going with the Saints. 34-27, to 27, your Super Bowl MVP, Drew Brees, as he rides off into the sunset, announces his retirement soon after. Uh, going 28-40 for 333 yards and three touchdowns. Thought I'd throw in a, um, a stat line prediction, because why not? Uh, Saints are just a little bit more of a complete team. Their offense isn't quite as explosive as the Chiefs. But by no means is uh, the trio of Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, and Michael Thomas back. It's um, it's actually quite good, I would say. Um, defense is, and their defense, I think, is definitely better than the Chiefs. And they're able to make a, a couple clutch stops. Not necessarily, you know, p- you know pick off Patrick Mahomes and swirl him, you know, it, into a down world, down. <sighs> Speaking's hard. I don't think they're necessarily going to be able to, like, dominate Patrick Mahomes and make him really struggle, but I think a couple of key stops and containing him from absolutely torching the defense is going to just get the Saints that edge. Big stop gets the Saints that 34-27 to victory. And with that, that is how the NFL season will go down. But I won't leave it at just that. Let's look into some award and stat leaders. I'll probably just run through this a bit quicker, but... Um, MVP, you could have seen this with how much I talked about him. You got Kyler Murray, fits the narrative. 
Uh, Second-year quarterback taking that big jump, a la Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, with the runner-up being Patrick Mahomes, Offensive Player of the Year, Christian McCaffrey, runner-up with Dalvin Cook. Christian McCaffrey is stuck on a on a, on a poor team, but when I'm looking at, um, you know, the best offensive players in football, it's hard to say no to Christian McCaffrey. I still think he'll put up great numbers um, on the ground, and his versatility as a receiving threat, um, he's dangerous. It'll make him dangerous. Uh, Dalvin Cook, I said, I think he's in for a breakout year. Compete for the rushing title comes up short. Defensive Player of the Year, TJ Watt, runner-up Chandler Jones, um, both of whom had terrific years last year. Watt came up short on winning Defensive Player of the Year to Stephon Gilmore. He's going to get it this year. Chandler Jones is going to get closer to the recognition he deserves, um, being the runner-up. Offensive Rookie of the Year, give me Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, running back from Kansas City, with the runner-up being his former teammate uh, at Louisiana State, Joe Burrow. I like a little bit more Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I think he can get um, some big production in that Kansas City offense because uh, he's not going to be a key piece that they're going to have to hone in on. I think he'll have big games both um, on the ground and through the air. Joe Burrow, not bad by any means, but um, given my poor outlook on the season for the rest of his team, I'm not sure if I can give him the award. Defensive Player of the Year. Um, I talked about how high on, on him I am. Isaiah Simmons. uh and then runner-up Chase Young. Chase Young is a freak of nature, but I just like the versatility of Isaiah Simmons and going along with the narrative that I've created of the Arizona Cardinals having a great year. Um, Isaiah Simmons would have to be a big part of that defensive rookie of the year. Comeback player of the year. Another guy who's raving about Matt Stafford. When he is healthy. He's a beast. Runner-up Ben Roethlisberger. Um, good se- I think he'll have a good season. I don't think he's going to be great, great, but given the criteria... Um, I have him as the runner-up coach of the year. Um, going with the theme of essentially at this point, it's just the entire podcast. I should just call it why the Arizona Cardinals are really, really good. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury with the runner-up being Mike Zimmer from Minnesota. Passing yards, Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know what the guy does with the runner-up being Matt Stafford. Passing touchdowns, Kyler Murray followed up by Patrick Mahomes. Uh, pass interceptions, I have Baker Mayfield followed by Daniel Jones. Um, I talked about how I didn't care for either of those guys. Uh, Running-wise, uh, rushing yards, Christian McCaffrey leading with Dalvin Cook um, being the runner-up that fits the Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, rushing touchdowns, Nick Henry, Nick Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb. Um, both are big backs that are going to be getting the ball at the goal line um, for their respective teams. Nick Chubb obviously has to compete with some carries for Kareem Hunt, but he is their power back. He'll get some TDs. Derrick Henry, he, he, the guy's a beast. He's gonna, he's gonna, he might not, he might not exactly replicate his touchdown production from last year, but the guy's gonna be in the end zone for six a lot. Receptions: Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, two of the best receivers in football. I think Thomas is the clear pick given his track record and what he did last year. DeAndre Hopkins is a part of that Arizona offense. You already know. Receiving touchdowns, I actually have a tight end. That's George Kittle. Um, he's just, he's a red zone maniac. I don't see many teams being able to stop him in the red zone um, when they throw it up. Um, he's also capable of having some of those longer touchdowns. I'll go George Kittle followed up by Michael Thomas. Uh, defensively, only have a couple defensive stats. Tackles, I'll have Bobby Wagner. He's consistently been um, one of the leaders in tackling since he's really, you know, gone in the league Followed up by Darius Leonard, who 
Same for him. He's been, you know, he just wraps up tackles. Nothing really bold with those predictions. Sacks goes along with defensive player of the year. I have TJ Watt, followed by Chandler Jones. Um, For interceptions, interceptions is a really hard stat to predict because it's not luck, but it's all, you know, a guy can't, a defender can't control when a ball is thrown at him. So leading it, I have Marlon Humphrey, cornerback for the Baltimore Ravens, um, followed up by his former Alabama Crimson Tide teammate, Minka Fitzpatrick, safety for the Steelers. Um, Both guys um, are terrific defensive backs that I think should get a decent amount, that I would assume um, will get some opportunities, and they will make the best of it, be able to intercept as many as they can. And, uh, whew, I think think that about wraps it up. Um, I'm trying to think about this. That's just about all I have uh, put down for this NFL season. I'm excited. I got my fantasy teams ready to go. Um, I have two uh, looking to looking to win some big money. I'm uh, I got I want to play a Madden. I want to play a season as the Jets for Madden, like simulate, see how it goes. You know that kind of thing. I'm excited. We got. I'm not sure when you're listening to this, but. Super excited for the Chiefs game. Totally, I mean, whew. I am excited to be watching the NFL. Um, and especially, I mean, as a Jets fan, most of the time, find myself just being able to watch the sport as it is. Um, assuming that, you know, we'll quickly fall into irrelevancy. But it is what it is. Ugh, the life of being a Jets fan. It's something, but I'm not going to ramble on anymore. Um, These have been my 2020 NFL season predictions. 100% correct. No, there's there's no chance any of them are wrong. But in the case that they are, feel free to call me out um, when the season's over. Or, assuming that I'm entirely correct, feel free to give me that pat on the back um, when it's all said and done. But that'll, that'll just about be all for this episode of the Red Shirt Podcast. Make sure to check out the website. I will be uploading um, essentially this, but in a written form. So check that out. If you want to look at it in a more condensed, you can kind of do a skim by, um, recap kind of thing. Uh, as well as the Instagram, uh, v.redshirt. And, I mean, guys, thank you for the support. I'm, uh, I've been busy, obviously, school starting up. But I'm getting it done. I'm excited for some football with, you know, football season uh, starting up as well as baseball um, heading into the home stretch. Definitely expect me to try to push out lots of content. But that'll be all for today. Thank you for listening to the Red Shirt Podcast. See ya.